deep there with breathe. That was a lovely song. Still makes me smile. Just it literally, you can see the smile here I in can. the studio. Just that kind of. It is just a great listening track. I mean, Absolutely. you know, it's one you're not not too not many people are familiar with either. No, nope, I don't. And when know you hear it. it, it's just like this is really good. Mm. Well, it's in my Spotify now. I like it that much. So. It's one thing I find. It's a big problem I had when I was in um, school university is listening to. Um, Music, I tend, because I'm a singer, I used to sing in the Cathedral Choir in St. David's, mm-hmm. and now with a male voice. I was meant to be singing with them yesterday, but uh, the cold really knocked me flat yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, before we came into the show just today, I'd literally just hot shower to open up the throats oh, and then just dosed up on orange and orange juices and all the rest. So, yeah. if, uh, so you might want to scream in front between yeah, the two of us right now. In fairness, I'm riddled. I've got a five-year-old. I've been ill for about ah, a year. No. So Yeah, there we are. As is the way. D- da- darling children giving us <laughs> lovely, lovely uh, Delicious illness, illnesses, you know, We've only just come back from uh, holidays, therefore it's time for everyone to get the sickness. Yes, can't wait. Yeah, so it's, yeah, fun and games. But, yeah, it is, you know, with the Minicanes of Music, it's one thing I love, that's why I'm a big fan of orchestral pieces, Mm -hmm. whereas I used to listen to music with lyrics, I would type the lyrics into my essays without oh. unwittingly. I'd be typing, you know, talk about fluvial <laughs> systems of a river and suddenly start putting in random lyrics from songs I've got playing in the background. Yeah. But um, that's when I came across film soundtracks, which became a big part of what, you know, I still listen to these days. And mm. then video game soundtracks, where I came across the Halo music uh, separately away from the game. Mm. And that really inspired me, you know, more to appreciate game music a lot more with stuff mm-hmm. that's done. There's you know even if it's 8-bit music there's some really well-known pieces or even just relaxing pieces playing in the background which is just really enjoyable to go through and that's mm-hmm. where a lot of the stem from with Sieb although it has music and lyrics it's just so easy listening you can just do anything you want around yeah. that you don't feel controlled by the music it's just enjoy yeah exactly have a, have a good time with it speaking of having a, t- a good time your next a choice which I it's just perfect is A House of Fun by Madness yeah so this is one that does give you energy this is <laughs> of course a Madness is a very big part of my musical genres from way back when I first came across their Divine Madness VHS tape as a kid <laughs> of the music video all the music video just seeing these utter as they described nutty boys just do <laughs> crazy things that you'd be like House of Fun's one is just you know utterly it, it just makes you laugh at the stuff that goes on in it it's just something you know This to be fair this is a song about a kid He's turned. He's sixteen today. Up yep. for fun. He goes in trying to buy prophylactics <laughs> and other stuff. When he's talking about petter pack a party hats with the coloured tips and all these other things, this is what he's trying to do. But obviously yeah. they they're not catching on. Talking about it's a joke. It's a Ken. It's not a joke shop. <laughs> so that's where all the lyrics from this come from. But it is. It's just enjoyable. It really is just happy energy yeah. going through. As I said to you about the Christmas party, there's nothing I don't like about you, Stu. And this song is you in a bottle. So let's have a listen. <laughs> I'll be on my way 
House of Fun. And we were dancing in the studio. It's just it's such an energetic piece why I love it so much. It's just like, you can have that smile on your face. You're just like, so good. I mean, they, they actually toured recently. They were in Foss last, uh, last, I think it was April or May. Mm-hmm. And they play. And it was, it was this thing where huge generations of kids, you know, people as young as six, five or six, yeah. all the way to their 70s and 80s, just dancing to this. And it was, it was so strange. We, I've got a recording of, um, on my laptop of the opening track you know as everyone knows Madness is one step beyond where just go hey you don't watch that watch this yeah as soon as you hit one step beyond and the saxophones kicked in suddenly a flip had been switched and <laughs> everybody's dancing in in all the similar way all giving it the, the walk and the rest just like <laughs> It's right, just okay. infectious, though, it isn't is, it? Like, it's as so soon good. as it played, that we just looked at each other and we we're both yeah. grinning. It's just, it's just, you just feel like a kid again. You really do feel have that aspect of feeling like a child. I mean, other stuff like Wings of a Dove, Baggy mm. Trousers. Yeah. Uh, but then even then with some of their, you know, Snopies, like when they did their version of It Must Be Love, mm. it, you know, it's the music really still got some funny aspects, but you really do feel the emotion in that mm. track or when they did Yesterday's Men or Johnny the Horse. Mm. You know, there are some very, very well-known emotional tracks to go with on their piece because in fact they played a song at Foss last they have not done for donkeys and I think I was one of the very few who knew all the lyrics oh my and it was um, it was One Better Day okay. and it's uh, this whole thing of the opening uh, line is uh, Arlington House address no fix abode an old man in a three piece suit sits in the road and mm. you get this kind of thing of experiencing homelessness mm. in some ways and it's mm. this whole feeling of the you know the homeless and the despondent of London because the guy's based from Camden yeah and you get this almost the you know the sense of hope they have in that mm. or at least that's how I interpret it and it's just a really nice piece it's cal- mm. you know not so much calming but it's smooth yeah despite very being different quite to what an, you'd you know a sad subject mm-hmm. but that's what they do though if, if you actually take the time to uh, uh, listen to all the lyrics they're, they're very much storytellers yeah I mean it's, it's one thing I do like about songs in fact you know we have so many songs that have repetition like we had with Sieb's Breathe but mm-hmm. even though there's some story in there but songs that do tell stories really do add an emotional connection which is you know when it comes to this as the art show the art of telling a story. I mean, you know, you have novels, you have films, mm. video games. Absolutely. You know, the stories in songs well are some of the most well known. Like, there's one song which 
you know, guaranteed will bring you tears is the story of a man who had a huge, you know, he hated his dad. They, you know, argued all the way through and he's in hospital with him. But his wife is also in hospital giving birth to his son. Mm. And during the song, you hear about how they argue for the last time. By the time his son is born and goes to his dad's already passed away. Yeah. And it's the whole thing of like, say it loud, say it clear. It's too late when we die. It's like, Argh! It's so emotional. You really do feel the emotion. It does. Mm. I'm, I'm an empathetic idiot. I do. Same. I'm reduced to tears very easily. When this and I watched uh, Coco together, oh. we were both blubbering away in the cinema. Or when... Uh, with some of my mates I met through game we went to see Winnie the Pooh we saw Christopher oh. Robin oh. in uh, we went to a video game convention the convention was not one of the best they'd done in yeah. the NEC so we decided okay it's Saturday let's go watch a film so <laughs> me Max and John all in our mid to late 20s all bearded gentlemen you know <laughs> we go sit down and we're the only men who aren't with kids in this <laughs> cinema surrounded by these 10 15 year olds you know younger 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 all the way down to like 3 or 4 uh-huh. with their mums and the rest and we start watching and the opening piece of the film is them saying goodbye to um, Christopher Robin because he's moving away he's going off to school I think mm-hmm. and this whole thing and uh, the thing is for us I mean for me I had the 1970s cartoons as a exactly, kid yeah. uh, with the blustery Wednesday and all the mm-hmm. other bits you know that kind of stuff whilst the other two because they're a bit younger than me they had the Piglet movie the Tigger movie mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. it was a really integral part to our childhoods mm-hmm. so the whole thing of all saying goodbye was so emotional was the three much. of us are blabbering away oh, in the goodness. cinema none of the kids are <laughs> they're like, what's wrong with these three fully grown bearded men crying <laughs> <They knew something laughs> away did. in the cinema it's like <laughs> Oh, no, it's going on. I'm glad it's not just me. Oh, no, it's I'm exceptionally it was, it was such a good things. film. It made us smile. It was mm. really enjoyable. But yeah, just, there's just that keep laughing about the whole thing of the you know, three grown men watching Winnie the Pooh crying away. Just oh, so good. Quite the picture. Shout out to your two friends. Yes, it is. Yeah, so to Max and John, uh, they don't live in Paris. They live out in uh, Manchester and uh, Newcastle. So, bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. Not too far. But that's the thing with gaming is uh, you meet people from across the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, people you cultures you never considered, you know, um, you know, even just gender gaps were in some ways because, I mean, I've learned a lot about LGBTQA plus mm-hmm. from my friends again because uh, people who are LGBTQA, you know, uh, and you've got friends who are trans, who are lesbian, who are bi, Glitz, uh, of course, is de- um, demisexual. I've really understood a lot more about um, the rights and issues that they have to go through, yeah. which has made me a big prone for equal rights full stop mm-hmm. when it comes to that. And we're not forgiving up may have learned certainly much later yeah. but certainly not to the extent that I know now from mm. what they have to go through mm. so this entire sort of through through gaming you've totally broadened your horizons really yeah I mean you, you do have that where you know, we're seeing a lot of it now where people are meeting each other for the first time they've known for like 10 years 15 years 5 years finally meeting together mm. and you do you do understand a lot more you re- you know you do you also have the risk of people who stay in their own little bubbles yes who are you know very much the complete opposite where they are very insular they mm. you know do a lot of very risky jokes or they are, can be very racist or very mm. homophobic and all the other bits which can be really bad but they tend to be noisy but they're not the majority the yeah. majority of people who meet and they understand more it really is something very very special mm. and as you were saying off air it's important to celebrate the good aspects of the gaming culture yeah, I mean it's the same with any industry I mean you know film industries has major problems now when it comes to stuff like we've seen with Harvey Weinstein yes we've seen it with uh, aspects of elitism like with the Oscars of course mm-hmm. you know there are no women there are nobody who's not um, Caucasian currently mm-hmm. in the nominations it really does show there are some major problems there same when it comes to novels you know yeah. so novels don't get big stuff because it's written by someone who is of African descent and similar or someone who is uh, gay uh, trans etc it, it mm. really shows the gas but 
within that, though, there are some very positive aspects which yeah. really do make a huge difference. It may be small, maybe large, but it makes a huge difference for some one person, which is all that matters. Mm-hmm. So your next song choice is Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Yes, Don't Stop Believing, the anthem of freshers. Anyone who was the <laughs> class of 2009 from secondary school, this was our song. You know, throughout <laughs> freshers, singing at the top of our lungs, inebriated beyond all compare. This was... <laughs> A huge, huge aspect. You know, yeah. this, uh, you had LaRue's Bulletproof was making the rest, but this really did define yeah. that time of year. To this it's day, you know, people stand and form the letter T saying tune <laughs> when they hear it in Aberystwyth. They'll be going back in February, actually, yeah. uh, for an anniversary. And it was strange at the time because it was one of the few I've ever seen the same song in the chart twice at number one and number two because it's you had bizarre. Glee at of the same course, time with the their version. So it was really strange. It was a surreal time, but it really yeah. was a song that defined that time of year mm, perfect let's have a little listen this is journey with don't stop believing
journey there with don't stop believing what an absolute tune Stu. you just keep piling them on me i can't cope it's the middle of the night oh i gotta do my best though <laughs> uh, yeah quite an interesting one i just received some interesting uh, news as well apparently a new animated pokemon movie is coming to netflix in february so oh, i think that... izzy's going to be very happy indeed yes, to hear is. about that and so, also my son will yeah. be thrilled so uh yeah if you, that's the thing you need to have netflix but yeah netflix is doing quite well when it comes to gaming and all the rest yeah. but yeah that was one track i was debating putting into the top 10 is uh want to be the very best like no one ever was mm. because that is and again an anthem of the 90s any 90s kid that is a huge part of our childhood you know just chasing these little piece of card that was so important to us in the oh, televisions and the video so games important. and it was such a big thing yeah but yeah it's just so much fun it is so much fun and you know it's just lovely for um obviously my little one he's only five and he is now being introduced to this whole poke- world of Pokemon oh, through the app, you know, the it, phone thing. Oh, yeah, with the Pokemon Go. It's it's funny, actually. There was a, vi- a picture I saw years ago of... Um, it was this... The caption was, um, a five-year-old daughter, Dad, have you ever heard of Pokemon? It shows a picture of the dad sitting with his daughter with his file of Pokemon cards. Oh. He had all 150. Yeah. And he was just going through all the Pokemon cards he wow. collected when he was her age. He was yeah. like, ah, it's just, it's true. How though. dare you give me these fields? How dare you? <laughs> I'm right now, I'm not supposed to have fields. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right, so the next song, we're nearly at the end and that makes me sad because I don't want you to go, but uh, the Eagles with Hotel California. Hotel California. Now, a very, very, uh, you know, Hotel Cover is a big one for my family, certainly. It's, you know, mm. dad loved it when he was a kid. He was uh, a teenager. When this came out in 1973, it was one of the biggest times. You had this and 10cc's Deceptive Benz, two of the biggest albums of their era. Mm. But Hotel California as well is one that's just so enjoyable. And again, another storytelling uh, song. Yeah. And it's just, you know, there's nothing like it that makes it such a timeless piece. And I was very lucky in 2008 to actually see the Eagles uh, wow. live in the O2. Mm. It was a bit ironic one because uh, I'd actually been to the O2 arena once before in 2007 to actually perform uh, with the Scouts because it was the centenary of scouting. I see. And so I was represented Pembrokeshire as a flag bearer mm-hmm. whilst doing this like dancing flag thing to... Um, uh, Please been... tell me it was Don't Stop Believing. It wasn't Don't Stop Believing, <laughs> in fact. It was uh, Right Here, Right Now by Ooh. Fatboy Slim. I and, did not expect you to say that. And it was a big part. And then later, One Vision was yeah. another one, which played yeah. at the very end. We're all singing to that. But yeah, it was a it was strange scene watching Glenn Fry and uh, Don and all the rest all singing this away. Just wow. And it was it's one of those ones where to hear a band album perfect live is wow. very rare. It is. It's not often you see that. Where especially these days of autotune, it was just so enjoyable. It's mm. just to actually hear them play that. You know, mm. sadly Glenn Fry is no longer with us. It was, uh, yeah, a very, very special with me and the family just witnessing mm. these gods of music, yeah, you know, absolutely. playing this song for our pleasure. Just very, very special. Perfect. Let's have a little listen. This is uh, Eagles with Hotel California.
Eagles there with a Hotel California. It's, it's, it sounds so calm, so Hotel California, but when you hear it, it's just a guitar at the end. It's just yeah. so, so good. But essentially, with the, uh, certainly one of the lyrics in that line applies very much to Pembrokeshire and also other places as well. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. It's, a really, it's really a <laughs> lyric that resonates with me with some places yeah. where... You, you know, you can check it time. It's something that does stick with you, and it does, you can mm. never leave that kind of aspect. You know, when so it comes true. to, you know, it's certainly in terms of forms of art as well. You know, when it comes to films or franchises, mm. you know, unless something drastic happens, it's always a major part of absolutely. who you are and what yeah. you do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's true what they say about Pembrokeshire. You know, uh, you can it pulls you in and you can yeah. leave, but you'll always come back. And no, it's, they, yeah, that's it. You can you can't leave. I'm sorry, part, part <laughs> of your soul stays here. It really does. Well, it kind of makes sense. This is the king part of the kingdom of Doved, which has many connotations of magic and involving the fae and the fair folk mm. um, from the stories of the Mabinogion. So, yeah, it would make sense. It's pretty magical. It very much is. And all our bluestone, come on. The Priscellis. Uh, bluestone, Narbeth Castle, the home yep. of Puerkin Rhiannon, where mm-hmm. she apparently ate the baby. Which did, <laughs> she didn't actually eat the baby, but... Ate uh, the baby. Yeah, they, they, they basically... Her, her handmaidens lost her baby because they fell asleep, and so they said she ate it. <laughs> oh, my God. So she hadn't. So actually, it was perfectly fine. He was doing the full Disney thing of appearing in another forest, you know, in the forest with a young family who raised him. Oh, wow. But, yeah, it was a really, really big story. Yeah, pretty intense. Yeah, sign of the time. Speaking of big stories, uh, we've just had a report that there is um, quite a large police presence on the Clevi Bridge. So if anyone has any information, please pop us a message on Facebook forward slash PR West Radio so we um, can let everybody know. And if we hear anything, we will, of course, keep you updated. Yes, it is. So if we do hear anything, we'll pop it up on the Facebook page as well. But uh, if you can let us know so we can tell the county, that would be great. Because we've been hearing uh, some reports possibly the Clare Bridge being closed oh. as a result. But we uh, haven't seen anything official yet from David Paris Police. Nothing has been put out. But if you do have any information, do please let us know. Mm-hmm. So, your penultimate song. Penultimate? I'm flipping out. What time? We're flying through this. Isn't Goodness it? Happens 10. Yes, yeah, there's right? so much to talk about, so still so much more. It's not, not enough time. Well, we can just keep going, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, Daft Punk, the game has changed. Yes, the game has changed. Now, this is from... Uh, this is what my friend refers to as the Travesty album. Ooh. This is one of Daft Punk's... Probably one of their greatest works, mm-hmm. um, which is from the Tron Legacy film, which came out ten years ago now, oh in 2010-11. Mm-hmm. And it was the whole thing of the remake of Tron. It was first they retried 3D filming. Mm-hmm. Uh, CGI was incredible. It really was... It stands out of its It's probably one of these films that will... It what didn't get the acclaim it did when it came out, but I think if people watch it again, they can really yeah. understand how big this thing is. But Daft Punk mm-hmm. created one of the best film electronic soundtracks I've ever heard. I mean, for the fact it was used by the BBC's Top Gear for donkeys years <laughs> later with Outlands, the game has changed, you know, um, The Son of Flynn, the amount of times I've heard those playing in the background of things, yeah. uh, or Fall or D-Res, you know, there's so many good pieces yeah. in it. But the game has changed this from one of the climactic parts of the, I would say, the, the second phase of the film when Sam, uh, Flynn's son, goes up against um, the main antagonist and his programs, and this plays in the background. It's saying it's you have electronic, but it also involves a full-blown orchestra, mm-hmm. and you really do feel the urgency of this piece of music, mm-hmm. or the, um, you know, just the... You know, this this could apply to any kind of trailer music. This could be used in video games. I played this whilst racing in video games, and it's been <laughs> fun to say the least because you really do feel epic <laughs> as you go through to it. Awesome. Let's have a little listen. This is Daft Punk with The Game Has Changed.
Daft Punk with The Game Has Changed. So yeah, so um, I refer to it as the Travesty album because my friend. Now, the reason why I say this is this album never got a single award. Yes. Not one. You I told mean, me that. And it, for this film as well, you know, for the, you know, the film was a bit of a flop in some ways, which is sad because we never saw a farm, which at this time of year, Tron could have had so much potential with the whole thing we've had with the hacking scandals mm-hmm. and the rest. It was so much potential, but it was canned because the film didn't really do as well. Mm. But in terms of the music, it was just... So, so special, then it didn't get any awards, which is such a shock. I mean, to be fair, it's also shocking that Daft Punk were killed in the film, they were blown up in the nightclub, which, you know, is the big thing. Everyone, no, everyone forgot, no, forget, tell me, did Daft Punk survive? Because they actually featured in the film, and it was just, it was, I think more people were outraged by that than they were by anything else. With me included, to be fair. I mean, yeah. come on, you can't kill Daft Punk. I mean, who do you think you are? Yeah, what's going on? Oh this is unacceptable, outrageous. <laughs> So, we've got your last song now, and I can't actually believe it, but uh, only 25 minutes left of the show. Ooh, dear. Oh, yeah, can we I know. So, it's The Who with Won't Get Fooled Again. Yes, so Won't Get Fooled Again, another timeless rock anthem. So, mm. very again, with, with uh, the parents, you know, Dad loves this people. It's always the thing with The Who, you always have to turn the volume down when you have it on headphones, because they literally were louder than anything else. <laughs> it always was. As soon as you heard My Generation come on, it was like, you had to drop the, the volume down by about four or five um, notes. But this song as well, Won't Get Fooled Again, is just a very strong song. And it's kind of funny you listen to the lyrics. Mm. It also seems to reflect a lot of the current era where... You know, people think we have moved ahead from the politics of the 60s, 70s, 80s, but mm. in some ways it hasn't changed. I mean, one of the lyrics is this, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yes. You know, you do get that kind of thing of, you know, where mm. we've had the general election recently, we've had the stuff with Brexit. You really do feel and resonate with the lyrics from this as to how um, we as young revolutionaries try to make a change. In reality, we all file down the same traps as yep. our parents and our grandparents have done over mm-hmm. the years, which mm-hmm. why we have to be a bit more aware. Yeah. So... Yes, it's a quite an interesting journey, but it's just a great song to listen to as well, outside of the political nonsense that people try to force upon it. <laughs> awesome. Shall we have a little listen? I think so. The Who with Won't Get Fooled Again. <laughs>
The Who there with Won't Get Fooled Again, which was your final song of your top ten songs ever. Well, I think they're ever. Would you well, say they're ever? Well, it's certainly ever ones that mean, you know, Matt, top ten ones that mean a lot to me because that yeah. one as well is, uh, it's, you know, probably the lower end of the top ten, but it is just a great song anyway just to listen to and it readers. It's also a bit of a touch and reminder, as I mentioned, in terms of be careful what you... Um, you know, wish for and be mm. careful, of, you know, always be aware of what's going on mm. in the world, you know, what you think maybe this could suddenly change and shift very quickly. Mm. From underneath your feet when you're very not looking. Very much so. So it's like, be careful, you know, it's, it's the whole thing of like shifting sands, be careful where you stand, you may be lost in the sands of time as opposed to standing on a pillar. <laughs> so it's a, yeah, quite an interesting one, but I do have some other ideas for other tracks that might play a bit later on, depending, but we do yes. have some very interesting tracks lined up already. We I'm do told. indeed. I'm hoping you'll stay till the very end. I feel strongly that we should... Uh, there's this epic tune we've been talking about and maybe we could play it. I think so. I think it'd be beautiful. Um, while Whilst I still have you, we'll have a little chat about um, L.S. Lowry. There was a secret painting discovered in a doctor's house and it got sold at Christie's I won't tell you quite yet but it went for a lot of money so if you're interested I'll tell you about that in a little bit um, also um, I'm going to be finding out uh, why the Queen's Hall would like to speak to you if you went to any of the legendary gigs in the Queen's Hall during the 1960s and 70s this is massively important information um, I'm biased because I am actually the manager of the Queen's Hall but I would <laughs> love to hear from anybody who frequented our establishment in the 60s and 70s and I will give you more information on that in a little bit first of all we'll play Happy Man by Jungle because you have inspired me Stu with your happy songs um, so this is one from me to you
Jungle Air with Happy Man. You said it was a happy song. I fibbed. I told you a full lie. Uh, outrageous. <laughs> how, how could you? It was a tenuous link at best. Um, so, just before Happy Man by Jungle, we were just chatting about, there's an Ellis Lowry, a secret one. Yes, the man, the legend, the creator of stick figures becoming multi-million dollar pound art pieces. It's just crazy, right? Unfortunately, the poor thing, he's um, not with us, so he never got to see it. But um, there was... In a doctor's surgery who's passed away, um, an uncatalogued, unknown L.S. Lowry, quite small, was discovered and it went to auction today. Have a guess Ooh. how much it went for. Uh, well, with it being Lowry's, I mean, mm-hmm. we've actually had Lowry's on display in Pembrokeshire. We actually had an L.S. Lowry in Orilla Park uh, about nearly 10 years ago. Yeah. Because uh, I was on display, I think it was to do with things to do with the sea and the rest, because there was a whole stack of bits that... Uh, Orlando Park has done over the years with PCNPA, the Penish Coast National Park Authority. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the value of I think it was in the hundreds of thousands, which was Ooh. concerning seeing I was in charge of looking after it. That's which right. in itself terri- is fascinating. Yeah, you, you've got this, uh, you've got this uh, you know, uh, spotty little uh, eight, <laughs> 19 year old who's more interested in reading his book than looking after it. But, uh, I'm sure you had eyes on at all times, too, right? Of course, I was very professional not reading my <laughs> novel. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a very big thing. But it says this one probably say. An unknown, an uncategorised Un- one. Uncatalogued. That would increase value, I think. So I probably ab- looking yes. in certainly about... Because the, they get, get estimated about a million, didn't they? That was their... Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what they estimated. ...asking price. So I'd probably say 1.5. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It sold for, not including fees, of course, £2.2 million. £2.2 million. So million. Well, so it's so it's gone over one million. One dollars. million. <laughs> yes. So um, the whoever I don't know who purchased it, you'd have to ask Christie's for that information. But um, altogether, price realised was um, two point six mil. Oh, wow. Pocket I mean, money. You, you, it's, it's a shame the the doctor's popped his clogs because I'd be loving. Can you imagine seeing his reaction if yeah. he'd, uh, he'd probably have yeah. a heart attack? And uh, it's, it was hanging in his living room for, for ages, and he just didn't realise. There's been a couple of histories. We had this one in France, wasn't it? A woman had her above her cooker for so long. It was like a 14th century. <laughs> Um, art piece it was mm. like of of, uh, the, of Christ and it was like this thing's were you know priceless it was mm. like from you know 700 years ago and, she's like, and she had it hanging atop of her cooker where she would splatter tomato sauce <laughs> as you're cooking away at least if you're like me when you know most of the cooking's on the side of the cooker not yeah. actually in the pan absolutely because I'm boiling it so much I'm so very you know rough with my wooden yeah. spoon Ooh, when I'm yes, quite. Uh, moving bits I mean it, it seems almost grotesque doesn't it but then again you think oh you gotta laugh that's the thing it's like there are those say art you know to be viewed yes but it's the question of what art makes you feel i mean there mm. are some you know you have the infamous one the guy who um was it duct taped a banana to uh to a wall recently <laughs> indeed I mean, it's been the rolling joke people saying you know how does money laundering work let's look at modern art shall yes, we absolutely. let's see we're going to duct tape a banana to the wall we're going to sell that for 10 million brilliant there's your 10 yes. million money laundering there lovely job so, and eat the banana so if i don't appear for my show on sunday you will mm. know i've known too much <laughs> yes noted um another tenuous link because obviously ls lowry is from manchester Yes, indeed. Uh, he is. He is a busy bee. He is. I'm going to stick in a bit of the Smiths with this charming man, just Why for funsies. Yeah. 
with this charming man sorry me we were just having a little chin wag off air then and we yes it's, I talk about these uh, whooping snakes I don't know what <laughs> film this is from apparently there are these snakes these uh, rare snakes in this anime film where they just literally appear and just go whoop and you just have like, just have, like <laughs> this one snake just keeps popping up and go whoop I, I think it's it might be the small foot or something to do with um um, Yeti's out in the Himalayas, and it's, it's in just, my mind. It's in my peripherals, and, and I can't it, pick it. It was shared to me by one of my friends. It just tick, tickled me to know just this this snake, this uh, crate full of uh, like twenty whooping snakes. I was going, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and on that note, moving swiftly on. I'm just... Yeah, let's <laughs> let's okay. We, we've had our madness. We've had our moments of madness. Let's go. So about the Queen's Hall. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so a shameless plug, as we all know, I'm the manager of the Queen's Hall, but we have got Heritage Lottery funding Ooh. to produce um, an archive and a permanent exhibition. It's called um, Music of a Generation. And the idea is to go into the communities and we believe in people's attics there are, you know, tickets, posters, flyers, all this beautiful memorabilia of, of the 60s and 70s when there were some epic, epic bands there. It's Elton John played, you know. It's, it was a big thing at the time where it's the same in Aberystwyth. Mm. A lot of bands would start their tours in mm. West Wales because there used to be the Queen's Hall was very good and Aberystwyth, the King's Hall, which is no longer mm. here. Mm. The Market Hall uh, in Halford West is no longer open, but apparently mm. they had loads of banging stuff in there. They, it was a great baseline, especially when they went up to Aberystwyth. It mm. was the thing where they had a student population along with the locals. They could really gauge yes. how good their new material was. Mm-hmm. But then the, with the Queen's Hall, it's one thing about the Queen's Hall, it's very intimate. Yes. There's no bad scene as such in that area you mm. really do feel close to the band mm, mm. and it's like ones where say you know Elton John much later in Wembley and the rest where you, <laughs> you, can, you can be on the other end of Wembley you're still you know experiencing a great time mm, but you mm. really almost feel far away from it you'll you, never you, be that close again yeah yeah. it's, it's something very special you know especially with Pembrokeshire venues yes they really are so intimate you yeah. know that you're only about 40 foot away from mm. Say, um, I think you had one in the Queen's Hall a while back. You had uh, Wishbone Ash, you had. We did. Uh, trying to remember who my parents saw before. They had to cut it short because he was ill. He actually vomited halfway through his uh, oh. his show. It was. Um, what decade? 
Uh, this was actually last year, I think. Oh, it was last year, the year before. Okay. Because we only moved down in 2001, so uh, oh, we do not apply to this uh, <laughs> incentive, I'm afraid. 1960s. Well, I'm not too. I'll have to check that one. I mean, there's a bit of information I didn't know about someone puking on stage. Um, I think it's off stage. He disappeared off stage. And he, had, he, had, he had his casual bomb. bomb. Back and said, <laughs> he had his tactical chunder, then he came back, but unfortunately, he couldn't continue because he really was. I think he had food poisoning. Really, he was quite really poorly. Unwell. Well, commending that person for playing at least half a show. Um, so back to it yes on February 1st we in the Queen's Hall are having what we are terming a memories day so if anyone in the community has any um, physical memorabilia or in fact just memories in their mind uh, please do come along and we will um, be collecting and recording them for our archive a BB scone of Pure West Radio fame is coming along too to do some podcasting and on the 29th of February which is of course the leap day yes it is the yes. day where uh, apparently women are supposed to propose to men but to apparently be honest so. you don't need a day for that to do it we do, do it anyway exactly um so we're doing the same again on the on that day and of course gino washington with the ram jam band are coming back really yes they are on the 29th of well, February, well, well. So. and they're all still there and really? All, yeah, so they're, they're all, all still, still going. There. I'm thrilled. So they were here in 1968 in the Queen's Hall. They came back in 2006, and now they're back again for 2020. And on that note, I have a very nice, upbeat Gino Washington song just for you guys. So enjoy. This is Land of a Thousand Dancers by Gino Washington. Thank you very much. We're going to do a little thing right now by uh, Wilson Pickett. A little thing entitled... One, two, three! Washington there. Hey, 
wow, I had no idea that was actually Ben who did that particular song. You know, na 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 is you know very well known. It's just so so good. It's so good, right? So yeah, I'll have to certainly find a way of making my way out there on the 29th because on the first I'm going to be busy singing at the top of my lungs for national anthems because it's the Wales v Italy game. So yeah, I'll be enjoying that. But we do have one fun track. I've snuck one last minute. Now I'm actually doing a bit of a combo breaker here with this one because this is. It's another Halo piece. It's Halo 3's ODST Overture. So this mm-hmm. is the opening music, right. which I've played quite a few times in my show, but this is a complete shift in yeah. music. Mm-hmm. Um, the Halo theme's always been very powerful, bombastic, you know, kind of mysterious in some aspects. Stuff like uh, there's um, Orbits of Glass from Halo 2, which is very well known for being mm-hmm. a bit more different, or some of the calming aspects. But this was a major change. This was an extra game that Bungie had produced to fulfil their contract with Microsoft before they broke away. And Marty O'Donnell and Marty... uh, Sorry, Marty O'Donnell and Mike Salvatore worked on this. And this went with a very different style. It was a jazzy kind of style. And uh, this particular piece of music is probably, I'd say, ODST is one of the best games Halo produced. Mm. Uh, Not just from... The game plastic because it was basically a clone of Halo 3, but the story, this was a mm. real story developed. You had Nathan Fillion uh, of um, the fame of Firefly, Castle, The Rookie, yep. and Ke- and also as Kate Six in um, Destiny. He's very well known. This, it, was, it was almost like you were a, this rookie um, elite soldier trying to find what happened to the rest of your team. Mm-hmm. And so you're going through the ruins of, of, old, of New Mombasa, and you find out what happened. You eventually meet up and have these really big moments. Yeah. But this part, uh, mm-hmm. this music plays as the music opens. And to kind of sum up, you hear this rainfall in the background with this lone, full-on piano and saxophone. And the opening parts say, we're at war 